Hockey Town celebrated three championships in seven years, and rarely has someone so tough played so pivotal a part. McCarty draws, McCarty in, McCarty scores! A magnificent goal! Down McCarty! Show that play. Larry Arnold, Shane I love you, but you're a mess. I, I am a mess. I'm a work in progress, I guess you could say. Yeah, and this work in progress on this Wednesday, August 7th, is coming to you at 2.50 in the afternoon. I don't know about any of you guys who used to know me. I wouldn't be up before 5, so I am obviously making progress. So how's everybody doing today? The Grind Time with Darren McCarty. Thank you. Special afternoon edition. I'm going to get right to it. First, I want to thank Isis for uh, working the ones and twos for me today, bud. Always good to see you. Thank you for your help in the absence of Bam Bam. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Perry Vellucci. Perry, how are you? Doing good, man. Not Mac. from you. All right, thanks. <laughs> and uh, special uh, rate to the guests, because uh, this gentleman, for any of you who don't know, um, not only is one of the funniest uh, people with a guitar that I know, but he's the one... He's, a roundabout reason that uh, the Darren McCarty Slaps a Comedy Tour and I get traveled around because of uh, attending it with uh, Detroit cast Mike Walters uh, back at, uh, in Berkeley. Uh, Ameris. Ameris in Berkeley. And when, that was like two years ago, probably. I think it was right? a little bit longer than that. The longer than that. Well, whatever it is, uh, Jay Chris Newberg. What's up? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. We're excited. Obviously, you, you're in town um, thank you for, I know that, uh, you had to persevere through the Detroit cast with, uh, I had to, yeah, I had to, Jay and Mike and all tough. that shenanigans. I listened to it actually was good. And, uh, <laughs> it's great tonight. Uh, you're in town because you have my what? podcast live and then I'm in town because I'm recording my record, which, which speak about that. So being anybody who doesn't know, look up Jay Chris Newberg, but, uh, my man here that this is, nobody's been talking about this enough. Right, because you recorded, and and I want to hear about the number one album, the number one recorded album comedy wise that was on. What's it at now? Uh, it's at number two at the moment, but it's been on the. It's been out for like sixty four. It's been top ten for sixty four straight weeks. Billboard comedy, and that's unbelievable. And the story behind it is, it was like an afterthought, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I just um, I, I was trying to get a Netflix special like every other comic on earth, and then could not do that. Because just I couldn't, and uh, they just passed, and, I, and then my um, they're like it's not really we don't think it's a uh, material that tracks, etc. You know I think uh, honestly like not to be like I think it was a race issue uh, because I like <laughs> like like I'm white and I think that like there's a, lot, there's a lot of white comics right now and I think that's that's like the market's overflown with it. So the, my manager was like, why don't you do an album? So I just had the cameras or the microphones roll in one night, the second night. I did uh, the Comedy Castle two years ago in August, and uh, captured it, and it was great. It wasn't, it, it, and I just said, "Let's record it." We submitted to a record label; they loved it, took it, put it out, and then it just kind of took off. It just like it started, started at one number one, stayed number one for seven weeks in a row, and then it just never left the top ten. So, so let's take a trek. You know, we'll get back to you know being from here and stuff, but let's take a trek on that because I want to understand that because sixty four weeks ago. When you did it, obviously you're in a lot different place and a lot different 
you know, mental state, whatever like that. Where does it stand now? Like, can you give the, can you give my listeners where you were mentally, you know, physically trying in a, in a state of grinding, trying to get a Netflix special, deciding, Hey, I'm going to do this instead. I don't know what's going to happen to where it is now. Um, I mean, I've always kind of just, um, it's interesting because I'm, I don't think I've ever stopped you know, staying with the theme of the show grinding ever. It's like, I'm a success. I'm a very successful comedian. I think you can argue that I'm not a successful comedian. I'm not playing theaters. I'm not playing arenas. I'm not like, you know, I'm not touring constantly, but I've done all of the late night shows you're supposed to do. You know, I've been in movies. I've worked constantly pretty much since I've done it, but it's just like, I'm another comic. I'm just like a regular. You got beat by people with sparkles. Got beat by people with sparkles like in America's Got Talent. (laughs) Like I went on, I had a great set, I lost. Yeah, It is what it is. So it's like where I was a year ago, I don't kind of like, or 64 weeks ago, before it came out, I'm excited that that more, that that many more people have heard of me and it's great and it presents other opportunities to, um, make something happen, but gone are the days with our society of there being one specific incident or situation that catapults you into mega stardom. Gone are the Johnny Carson couch days. Gone are the whatever. Like when you have people who are catapulted uh, for to super high heights, but only for like five minutes. Right. You know, you talk about like if someone wins American Idol. Like right. someone, there was a winner of American Idol recently. I don't know who. Do you know her name? I don't know. No, who. exactly. No Who's the last American Idol you knew? Carrie Underwood, or yeah, or Kelly Clarkson. No, I, <laughs> I, I gotta be. I gotta be honest here. Do it, Justin uh, Gagara, because he does little sweet mm. little the Doctor okay. Pepper, which is brilliant, right? You know, I mean, yeah. I guess Adam Lambert's touring with Queen, which ain't bad. But no, that well, that wouldn't suck. No, but, but he didn't win. Right, right. So, like, or, like, as far as wondered, like, but so. I was like, this will be great. This will be another opportunity. And what a dick move of Walters to give me a piece of pizza without a napkin. Like, what a jerk. <laughs> Typical. There you go. Typical. Oh, Here, uh, no, yeah, no, you no, get no, the no. clean hey, yeah. you, you, hey, you know, you know how to use the clean There you go. Well, no, people no. need to understand that, that Chris just got in at 4.30 this morning and has been nonstop and just did that other show. No, no, so you got to understand get... that that's his first slice of Buddy's pizza since he's been in town. And my man loves Buddy's pizza, even though Buddy's first... don't love him. <laughs> I don't you understand know. why, but Walters is a dick for not giving you. No, it's my first bu- slice of pizza in, this is my first slice of pizza in a month. And it's my first slice of Buddy's Pizza in probably like a year and a half, two years. Mm. I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, yeah, I just it was just it was a, it's a cool thing to have like it's something else, you know. It's just like you gotta that doesn't mean it stops. It means it, and then I gotta do the next thing. Did you envision this? I mean, the, the album taking off like it did to be number one, and then just zoom like that. I've had three other albums, which collectively have had. Oh, thanks, buddy. Um, I've had Michelle daily and a fucking dollar shame, short as always. Shamed Walters. Michelle brought you that pizza pizza. I mm-hmm. brought Darren his, and I gave him a napkin. Yes, oh, she did. She'll be in the trunk later. She does not even get to ride in the car. Um, um, wait, hey, can you bring that slice of pepperoni, too? Yeah. Cool. Um, anyways, so, yeah, it's just like another thing you get to do. And wait, I'm so sorry. You, was distracted. you asked me a question. Oh, did I envision it? No, no. Absolutely not. And I don't necessarily know what I could have expected. I mean, I had three prior records that have probably collectively sold 4,000 copies over the years. And then all of a sudden this one comes out and I'm easily into like 40, 45,000 easily at this point. Wow. That's awesome. That's time. But that, so what I'm hearing from you is a lot of things that I've learned to preach is it's sort of about the journey. 
and they're sort of sticking to it because really the destination is an oasis. Yeah. Right. Because it's it's because one we're human beings, so once we accomplish a goal, we're automatically on to the next thing. Gr- yeah. Grass is greener. Mm-hmm. Whatever else. So, what's your advice? Because obviously. It's always been your work ethic. Have you always been that way, or did yeah. did you have to learn it as you went along? No, I've always been that guy. I've always thank you. So, much. so you're like me, right? You tell me I can't do it. I'm going to do it just to tell you. You're, you're like you got him. You got a Mr. Timek because Mr. Timek was my ninth grade teacher. That okay. when I that that like I almost failed, but I didn't. But I had to go to summer school because of him, and we didn't get along. And then tenth grade, I had him again, but mm-hmm. then I moved away to play hockey and. Class still went on, and they, he was taking attendance. And right. said, McCarty, McCarty. And my buddy said, Oh, he's gone away to play hockey, chase his dreams. He said, He'll never make it. He'll be back in, you know, two weeks. And you were like, Fuck you. Well, I did. I signed him the best part. It's one of my, what <laughs> I use in my stand up is that my sister, who's seven years younger, had him for ninth grade when I turned pro and I got a hockey card. Mm-hmm. Said, Thanks for all the support. Fuck you. Wow. Yeah, I, I've always been motivated by... He was your muse. He was my muse. No, exactly, motivated by that. But how about yourself? You always know you wanted... What did you know you wanted to do first? Make people laugh or play the guitar? I've always wanted to entertain. I mean, I've always t- sort of taken the whole David Lee Roth school of entertainment. David Lee Roth, I would never consider to be a great singer. I would never consider him to be an incredible lyricist. But I don't know anybody who cannot watch him when he's on stage. Absolutely. And, you know, like he had an interview one time back in the MTV era, and he, he said, someone said, define rock and roll, break rock and roll down. Is it the beat? Is it the music? Whatever. And he doesn't even like blink, and he goes, rock and roll is nothing more than shoes and haircuts. And I was like, okay, wow, I guess it is. It's shoes and haircuts. And like that's his perspective, and like he's flash entertainment, and I want to watch it. And so it's like I just wanted to do that. It's like, that's a cool job. I want to do that. And with, as someone who has always had, I guess I didn't figure out I was funny right away, but I, like, with limited ability, like, I had limited athletic ability who wanted to be a basketball player, you know, it's like, and then I have limited baseball ability who wants to go pro, and, like, you know what, why couldn't you go pro? You're born in Oakland County, and your parents are supportive. You know, you can do whatever you want. And then you, like, then you hear about these crazy people who are doing hockey at 4 and 5 o'clock in the morning, like, what are you, out of your mind? It's 4 o'clock, and it's like, oh, that's when the best ice time is, and, like, that's a different level than people are doing like football practice before like, okay, well that's a lot of work. And then you're like, I don't have the talent to be athletic. So maybe I'll going to be something different. Maybe I'll be a singer or maybe I'll be a guitar player. And it's like, well, I can't play as good as this person. So you're constantly like recognizing that you have moderate talent and you just do what, I mean, this is me personally, but like I just kept moving forward and kept just saying, all right, well, I'm just going to keep doing, I'm just going to keep doing it. And I don't take the approach of if you tell me I can't do it, I'm going to do it. I literally take my processes, and Perry, you were discussing depression as far as like a part of a creative process. I'll I'll take a beat and I will accept your notion of what I'm supposed to experience as defeat. I'll, I'll take that beat. I'll let you tell me you beat me. I'll go through all the process of grieving temporarily. And it's gonna be a day. And it's going to be maybe two. It's not going to be longer than that. Sometimes it's an hour as I get older and I compress it. But then I'm coming for you. And I don't know if I'm going to win. And I don't know if it's going to be the same thing. But you might knock me down again. But I'm coming back. And I'm coming back. And that's how I've approached everything with like, I'm going to, like, if I, like, if I, there's like, I just don't want to quit until I accomplish what I need to accomplish. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to accomplish it. Somebody told me, uh, 
I think I heard uh, Paul Casey, the uh, Englishman, the golfer on David Faraday, mm-hmm. and he said, uh, you know, he he at a point where why think of contemplating quitting? And he said, no, the quitting's too easy. Yeah, right. That's the that's the easy way out. And then you know, for me, I know, you know, we go down this deep rabbit hole, and I've talked about it a lot of the times. But you know, my you know my awakening was when <laughs> I realized that. You know, uh, having suicidal thoughts and all this, and then just realize that two things is like, first of all, I'm way too egotistical to do that. Like, sure. you know, like, like what's that? But also too is that I take the approach that if I don't fight, I'm letting tons of people down because that's what I do, and it's time to get back up. And and I'll tell you, the last time I got back, back try to get back up was the hardest it ever was. But it's that realization that you can do it and it doesn't matter where it is. It's got to persevere. So how does, let the grind time listeners know, how does a kid from Oakland County end up in L- in LA? Uh, you figured out that you could play guitar. You could make people laugh. When did you realize that and how did your journey begin? Uh, my journey began with trying to play in a band. And uh, I was in a band for a long time around here, and we were moderately successful. We were average at best. We had a lot of really cool accomplishments, but I, was a, I didn't have a universal eye of four other people and myself. I had myself saying, we need to move to L.A., we need to do this, we need to go further, we need to practice four times a week, we need to do all of this stuff. And I had people like, well, I have a kid. And like, I don't, it was the summer of 69 in real life by Brian Adams. No shit. Yeah. It was just like Jimmy quit. Joey got married. You know, it's just like, should have known would never go far. But like it was, it went on for 10 years. And I remember saying to myself, if I turn 30 years old and I'm in a band up North and we're playing cover songs, I'm out. It's done. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be no disrespect. How old were you when you said this to yourself? 27. Okay. And, uh, Next thing I know, I was 30. I was up north. We were playing American Girl at a villager pub in Charlevoix. And I was like, I'm out. Did it just click in your conversation three years ago to yourself? Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm done. So I literally, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I quit. I gave two weeks. And then... Uh, Is I that st- what you do in a band? I, I did. I just like... The, I, mean, had, I, don't, I never I heard that. Say, hey, we had, I give my two-week notice. I mean, does that mean you guys <laughs> we had, had, a, we had, had we a health dates plan and stuff? No, no. We had, we had dates booked. I said oh, I would okay. honor the dates booked. Okay. Oh. And um, I did the shows, and then I just started kind of pursuing, like, I was like, all right, I'm done. I guess I'll start a business or I'll do whatever. Excuse me. And I couldn't. I was just like, uh, I, I wanted to entertain again. I was like, well, I don't want to lug equipment around. That's going to get horrible. So I just started to dabble in stand-up. And then cut to, like, a year later, I remember my, like, awakening of, like, how I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. I remember being... Uh, opening up for the the comedian, uh, the amazing Jonathan at Meadowbrook. Right. And it was 7,500 people or whatever. It was sold out. And I remember... Like, Do you remember what year? It was like 2000. Okay. And I remember, you know, doing the show, it going way better than I'd ever expected, or it didn't, it just... It, like last year was so infectious at that level of 7,000 people. It's just contagious and it, like everyone loves it. So it went over so well. And I remember bringing 100 CDs with me to the show. And I was like, oh, I'm going to bring 100 CDs. There's 7,000 people here. Maybe I'll sell 20. That'd be great. But I just want to be safe, you know, whatever. 
So I bring 100 CDs. I don't even go to the merch thing. I don't check. I sit on the end of the stage, or I sit in the back of the lawn, and I just watch his show. He's incredible. After the show, people are, like, pouring all over me, and they're like, oh, you were so amazing. That was so good. My CDs sold out before he even started. I didn't even know. It was only 100, but it was, like, right, right, no, that's, sold out. Still, sold out. that's... Sold out before it started. I don't care what it is. Yeah. As an entertainer or as an artist of anything, yeah. when somebody else appreciates what you've done, mm-hmm. especially when it's not like, oh, I haven't heard it yet, but I'm going to see it. But to to hear you and say, man, that makes me laugh, that is that is huge. It was, and, it was huge. And I remember the exact same night, the band was still together, and they were performing at the Villager Pub again. And I was like, I made the right move. I was like, I need to pursue this. I need to try to do this. I need to make this happen. And then I just went all in. And it sucked, man. And like, as far as like, people talk about... Get get into the suck. Because it's that, like, the people got to understand is that that to get where you really want to get, if you want to be open and honest and, you know, the self-awareness, is you got to embrace the suck to go through it. So you, I know... I know all the stuff, you know, you've done and, and all this stuff. And that's the thing that I love about you is like, you ain't afraid to go out and say, oh, okay, no, that's cool. Or no, that's not cool. You know, so things like that. But how did you learn to, is it this the drive? Yeah. I mean, it's just like you are exactly where you are at that moment. And it's just like you choose to persevere. You choose to retreat. You choose to move forward in that moment pretty much constantly. And if you're not trying, like, you know, you mentioned, you know, like the Oasis, it's like, if you like, you like wanting to play Madison, like wanting to play Madison Square Garden and having played Madison Square Garden are two entirely different things. Right. Like, oh my God, you guys, next week I'm playing Madison Square Garden. It's the biggest deal. Next week. Oh my God. And you play Madison Square Garden and it is the biggest deal. And you're in front of like, it's Madison Square Garden. And then all of a sudden the next day, it's just like. Oh, last night I played Madison Square Garden. And then two weeks later, it's like two weeks ago I played Madison Square Garden. And then it's like, dude, stop talking about Madison Square Garden. So it's like you can't purchase anything with your memory of performing at Madison Square Garden. You need to move forward. So I did everything that I thought I was going to be able to do in the world of comedy when I lived in Michigan. My grandmother passed away. I moved out there in like 2004. And I was like, I'm going to try it. And I went from being a popular comedian here who could play any night he wanted at Ridley's, which is, I guess, the pinnacle of success for a comedian in Michigan. Absolutely. It's a, it's an A room. I would go up any open mic I wanted. I hung out. I'd play all the other clubs. I'd play bars. I'd do whatever. I would get up six, seven times a week. So I had two or three years of like boot camp here of constantly going up. And when I first started, I was up seven nights a week. I don't care where it was. If it was a backyard party, if it was whatever, I was up. I did it, whatever. I took all of that knowledge. And I moved to Los Angeles. And for the next six years, I failed miserably to the point where I was like, I lived in my car for an extensive period of time. I like, I lived on friends' floors. I would go, I was drunk constantly. It was just like, it was like I was lonely. I was miserable. It's like you talk about, I don't have clinical depression, but I was, I had actual depression in those moments where it's just like, fuck, what did I do? Like I had such a good thing going, but I left my comfort zone to go out there. And it's just like, that's the key. You have to take a chance because unless it's a violent, like an ending of a violent possibility, like why would you not? How did you get through it though? How did you stay either positive or whatever? Because I, and I know the feeling 
of of going into that self pity, self doubt, or whatever. But you, there's got to be a motivating factor or something, a driving force. What was it for you? Faith. God dang, yes, that's, that's yeah, what. Yes. I, and right here, grind time with Darren McCarty with Jay Chris Newberg, comedian. Um, creator of the podcast. If you haven't heard it, it is awesome. Heroin has a new publicist, <laughs> which we'll get into that. But you, but faith, that's it. The faith to that your pure intentions. I always tell, keep your intentions pure, and you know, God is who I talk to since I was a young age. People say, where, did I, how did I get to? And we sit here as, as almost you know, the five old men, right? And it's, the, you realize more, it's having that faith that had something bigger than myself behind me or that, that I was on the right path because my intentions were pure. I think what you said about unless it's coming to a violent end or you're doing something immorally incorrect, right? You have to develop that relationship with something greater than yourself to be able to lean on because it doesn't leave. Right. If you nurture that relationship of faith, no matter what it is, this isn't about religion. This is more about spirituality and just, you know, I guess it's a great topic with all the alien talk out there and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, I already know I'm from planet Sirius. I was born April 1st, 72, the first day of the hash bash was created. So, I mean, like, duh. That's I mean, it's just apropos. Yeah. Which, by the way, speaking of that, uh, as I preach here, I'm going to do my first... Uh, my first commercial break. Uh, see, because here's everything that that you, you say, and I can tell everybody bigger and better things. You want to tune in next Wednesday? I'll have a humongous announcement. It's the biggest thing since since becoming a Detroit Red Wing drafted by the Red Wings in my life uh, because I because it's going to help everybody else. But in the meantime, um, I'm a, everybody wants to know they hear about CBD and all this stuff. I'm here to let you know that the THC-free um, CBD, which the difference is with the one that has this uh, THC, and it's like going to the nightclub. You have your name on the list with the THC because the way that the cannabinoids work, you're on the list, you get in. Without the THC, well, you got to wait in line a little bit. It still works, but, but it just takes a little bit longer. So here, um, go to Herbal Active, U-R-B-A-L-A-C-T-I-V, Com. There's no E on the end and use DMAC25 for 25% off all THC uh, CBD products from the bombs to the tinctures to, to the candies to whatever it is. They ship all around. Exactly. And uh, that's, uh, you know, the beginning of the process. You got to get educated and anybody who wants to get educated, look in your endocannabinoid system. So HerbalActive.com. Uh, Rich, look forward to seeing you on Saturday um, at the skate. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I got a lot of things in that, you know, we were talking about before because, um, so back to the perseverance and having the faith to get by, because I, I understand that same path because was there a point though, when like you got out of it, because obviously being in a different place, like, did you feel getting out of it or what? Like, uh, no. I'm trying to, I guess the question I'm asking is how can we relate to people to know that they're on the right path because I always preach progress, not perfection. You know, like the shit, the shit that I learned in AA, um, which is so apropos, as long as you're moving in the right direction, it doesn't matter how fast you're going. Was there a point or was it just... You know, I mean, I just, I mean, there's, it's like, 
there was never a giving up. There was never like, I mean, self-doubt is anybody who doesn't have self-doubt is not human. I mean, <clears throat> but it's like, like, like I was saying earlier, I have pockets of, and it's like, I, I look at it like an immune system. Like when they like, it's like, Oh, you don't want to, you don't want polio. So we're going to shoot you with the polio virus, which contains polio, <laughs> you know, so we can have you then build up an immunity to polio and overcome. So I allow myself to have that. I allowed myself to get shot up with self-doubt for that one particular thing until I figure out how I build up an immunity to overcome that in particular thing. So it's an, it's not a question of how it's when. Pretty much. You're going to wear it out. Yeah. You're, you're, you're resilient. That's the grind that, that you have. It's just you're going to always figure a way and you're going to come back harder. And if you get knocked down again, you're going to regroup and you're going to come back harder. And that's the that's the one thing about even even in hockey or even fighting guys, whether you can get the better of them or not, you know you're going to get hit a few times. You don't, you know, that deters guys a little bit when they know that they're in for a fight, that it's just not, you know, w- work out. So, well, but was there a point where you ever thought, yeah, like not that I've made it or not that, like you're knocking off these checklists of playing all these places. Well, the all checklist these is never ending. Right. Like, you know, it's never ending. It's like, I don't, I mean, Hey, by all definition, I pay rent by telling jokes or writing jokes for other people. That's how I pay rent. I have a place to live. I have food when I'm hungry. You know, I like if Michelle needs something, we get it, whatever. Not that she's not capable. I wasn't implying that. But like that's success. Right. It's like, is it the largest success? No. Is it the smallest? Could it be bigger? Those aren't things you need to focus on. You focus on working really hard and being good at what you're doing and having faith in your ability to take you wherever. Now, as you become older, and I'm speaking to someone younger and someone older, I assume, because you said, you know, you're not 50 yet, so I'm we're so cool. Oh, but you're, like, playing, <laughs> hey, that, you're, playing, you're playing real nice. Yes, he is. Chris, um, exactly. You, you have to deal with the fact that there's external components out of your control as far as youth and popularity and whatever, like I found it, <clears throat> I found it inspiring to, and I'm not going to get into it because I'm mostly asking you this later and your 2008 season, yeah, you came back at the end, like yeah. you were, you were at different clubs and you were not on the wings and you were in, in the minor system. Correct. Yeah. And then you came back and you fucking killed it. And then that just picture of you holding like that, there's probably, you don't focus on like in that moment. It was probably more important for you to have gotten there than to have gotten it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you did all this work. There was never a question. You were like, if I'm going, like, you weren't going to, like, whatever. You're just going to do the work. And then you're just like, nothing else matters. Like, oh, cool. I lived in my car. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. You see what I'm holding? It's like, oh, I went through all this stuff. Are you kidding? I'm going to skate with this over my head. And it's like, that's what I'm, like, that's what it's about for me. It's like, I tried to get on The Tonight Show for 11 years. I was told by them 11 years. I had a... At a letter above my desk, you are not right for our show. Next to it, I had the letter, and they're packed away. My dad—they're actually my dad's. They're both framed, and it's like one of them is like, "You are not good enough for our show. Stop submitting. We are not going to put you on our show. We appreciate." it. And the next one is, "You were the best guest Jay's had this season. He was—he loved it. He's quoted four of your jokes since then. So it's like, you're never going to make it to you were the greatest. And it's the, from the same person, and it's just different. And all I did was just keep writing and keep telling jokes and keep doing shows there are certain shows like when i was listening to there's certain stuff i won't do anymore now as a comic because i don't 
feel that I benefit from it. Right. Like listening to Kevin and Tom and Justin talk about, oh, we go in these rooms and it sucks and these people are talking, they're doing whatever and they're arguing and they're fighting, we have hecklers, whatever. I'm like, I've done that. I've done all those rooms. And I'm not saying that I'm at a different level as anyone else. I'm saying, I've done that. I don't want to do that again. If I have to do it, I can do it. You know what I mean? It's just like, you probably don't want to punch someone in the face. But if you had to punch someone in the face, Absolutely. you could punch someone in the face. Right. And it was like, it's not your first move because you've punched a bunch of people in the face. And it's like, I don't want to do that anymore. So I was like, when I was listening to that, it was a little Vietnamese for me. It was a little like PTSD. Right. I was like, I don't want to. And I'm sure they're all good at it. Now, when, it, when, it give, when you do hear that, because that brings you back to the PTSD, do you take it in? take it in yourself and say, okay, and maybe that refoc just to hear that, just, okay, you know what, uh, self-awareness, you know, am I working hard enough, like, to reiterate back so you, you don't have to go back there? Because that's what I always preach. And, and a lot of times, you know, they, they call me the preacher, but it's like when I'm talking, when I'm talking to my friends or I'm talking to somebody who's asking me for advice, when I'm talking, I, ha I now listen to myself because I have to apply everything that I talk about and what I hear right from you, Chris, is the self-awareness. You look in that mirror and you've looked in that mirror and you know who that guy is, right? And up until, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, but you've always had that relationship and that respect with the person in the mirror, correct? Yeah. And, and you and him are on the same page. So there's nothing you can't tackle together. That's the, the, the simple, whether it's the faith, whether that's who you talk to, but you have to have that respect because I always found... When I walked by and ignored that person in the mirror, that's when shit went south. If I walked by and went, I'm not dealing with you right now, he would be happy at least going, okay, he sees me. It yeah, I mean, I always say my, my, one of my favorite statements on earth to say is uh, the scariest monsters are the ones we never see. You know what I mean? Because it's like we psych ourselves out over these non-existent, ferocious beings that don't exist because it's all fear. And, of course, I tell that to Michelle, who's 29, and she's just like, I don't understand. I'm like, you're 29. <laughs> Give it 10 minutes. You know, like, like experience these things. And, like, I love – I mean – I'm not a big fan of pain, I'll be honest. Like, physical pain. Like, I don't want to get hit in the head with a hammer. Well, I, I, I'm not either. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I tell everybody, my, my fear of having them do it was greater than fear of me getting bodily injured. So it's not yeah. that I wanted to, but, yeah. I, it, but I didn't want any of them to do it. And that makes perfect sense. Right. So, but I, as far as, like, okay, so, like, tonight's show, my podcast show this evening that you're doing, um, I didn't. Like, I remember when I set it up initially, like, when Mike was like, um, he was like, you should do a podcast. And I was like, ah, I've done three. They didn't work. They failed miserably. He's like, you should try one again, and this is why, and we'll help promote and whatever. He's like, we're going to get a couple of guys, and he mentioned you. And um, I was like, you know what? I'll try it. And then I was like, do I want to do, like, a traditional podcast? Because I didn't have a theme. And then I was like, and then I started doing it, and it was just me talking mostly. And then I was like, oh, I guess, you know what? I'm going to do it live. I have no idea what that's going to be tonight. It's going to be awesome. I, I hope so. And because it's like, but, but you know what? Because everybody you have, you're all entertained. It's all entertaining. It's just sort of like off the cuff. Because my thing is, is that if it's if it's pure, it's not wrong. That's great. You know, like yeah. that's that's the whole like you go back to that experience. So, so you're talking about heroin has a new publicist podcast, yeah. correct? Because yeah. I got to tell you, you got to check it out, guys. And 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 not only because of your guest list and your friends list which introduces, I think, people in Michigan to not only the facade of La La Land, right. but to the real people, 
right? Like there's real people like yourself, like, um, you know, Russell Peters, yeah. who's a huge comic that, you know, is a buddy of yours, but all these people, my, my favorites, you know, I texted you when you had Chris Allen on. Cause I'm like, yeah. I'm like, that was Billy from back in, uh, days of our lives when drapes and I used to watch that forever. <laughs> and, uh, it's funny that you'd be able to run across and see the, the realist. So what have you found since you started it? Because it's awesome, dude, your mm-hmm. perspective, your, the jokes, what you get out of everybody else. It's, it's just like. Well, how would you describe yourself, yeah, how would number you one, describe? as a comedian when you do stand-up? And then is is there a difference? Let our listeners know, like, the difference in a podcast or? Uh, well, I mean, I think the stand-up are they're well-crafted jokes for the purpose of, you know, hitting a punchline. Like, you know, it's like set up punch, offering introspective into myself, uh, trying to be, like, more personalized. Like, the reason – I don't think the reason I had greater success at the beginning uh, – I, th- I think the reason I did not have greater success at the beginning was because I was just joke, 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 joke. They weren't about me. It was just joke, 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 joke. And I can write a, I can write a joke. It's really easy. I've worked at it really hard for 20 plus years. But <clears throat> incorporating things about myself into those jokes was the transitional thing that I started to do on the record that really connected and took off. I had three records of just jokes and then one with me talking about myself, which took off which says, hey, there's an idea. So as far as myself on a podcast, different from being a comedian, on a podcast, I'm offering my insight. I'm offering you raw, sort of honest observation of experience based on experiences I've had and my take on the present situation. And stand-up is me boiling all of that down to the best 30 seconds and turning that into a joke. Or, the, or a story or something. And uh, I think that, I mean, if anyone has seen me do stand-up before, I've, I mean, I'm not an asshole for saying I'm funny. I know I'm funny. But I think what I've learned to do is not have to be funny all the time. And I've learned to figure out when it's cool to be funny and when it's appropriate to speak and not speak and to do the right thing as far as entertainment goes. I don't need to be the funniest person in the room. Don't you just want to be you? I like to be me now. I mean, the older I get, the more I want to be myself, but the more I'm realizing I like showing who I am on stage as well as like, I used to have Chris on stage, Chris off stage. Right. And I was like, now I'm just me all the time, but I have a different approach and a different energy. I know that like, if I listen to podcast number one versus podcast number 70 of mine, I've seen an insane evolution in a short period of time because I cared enough to do the work. I cared enough to listen. I cared enough to try. And to listen and figure it out and go, okay, that doesn't work, that does work, that does work. And I have the same process with jokes, except it's on a hyper level because I have that much more experience with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah well, experience absolutely. and confidence, I would assume. I've always had confidence because it's like, what's the worst that can happen? It's like literally, what's the worst that can happen? You're either going to die or, or, some, you're, or you're going to fail, yeah. but there's, you'll still have your birthday. I read a, I read a statistic today. I, got, I landed this morning and it was like, 3.30 or something, and I'm in the back of the car, and we go, we run 94 right past the middle belt, uh, whatever the other word is with M that's over there. Merriman. Thank you. And uh, we passed that, and I remember vividly that in 1987, there was the Northwest Airlines Flight 255 crash. Yeah. One survivor. 
165 people died, one survivor. This woman is now 30-something. Her name is Cecilia something, I mm-hmm. think. It is. Because yep. I, I, initially I thought her, I, I thought the survivor was baby Jessica, but she survived something different. else. That was yeah, a different, different one. one. That was a different was one, yes. Yeah, but no, it's like, Cecilia, yeah. Okay, so she survived. She's now married. She travels for a living. She has zero recollection. She's surpassed survivor's guilt on several different occasions. She's gone through all of the horrible different levels of healing and things that she must do. She has an airplane tattooed on her wrist. But in this article, the most interesting thing to me was 95% of people in all plane crashes, in the history of plane crashes, 95% of the people survive. Collectively, 95% of the people in wow, I wasn't aware like, of that. I didn't either. I was like, how is that possible? And it's just like, okay, sure, there's the one plane from Ethiopia Air or like this other one that goes down. Sure, but there's a lot of other plane crashes. No one doesn't get a lot of press that you still crash your plane. Right, right. Like Harrison Ford crashes his plane, he lives. Eh, nobody cares a week later. Right. But he crashes his plane like all the fucking time. Right. So he's in the statistic. Sully takes everybody in the Hudson. Yeah. Like a lot of people survive, but we have a tendency to not give ourselves enough credit for surviving these plane crashes and we focus only on the devastation. And it's like, in like even like, I think I was talking the other day about Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah. the guy who made the tweet about the shooting. Right. He said nothing like demeaning about the victims. He didn't take away from the actual thing that happened in Dayton or whatever. He simply stated, these are the facts. 200 people get shot and killed today. These whatever none of these people ever get like any attention because we are triggered by like media. the whole spectacle, like the the media spectacle, like of the whole thing. And it's like I think that comes into factor with the process of a lot of creativity and a lot of survival. It's just like we're we're crashing planes all the time. We're crashing our plane all like once twice a week, but no one cares because it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't into this building or that building, so we just get on another plane. It's the same thing with life. You just keep crashing your plane. You're probably going to live most of the plane crashes. One of them you're not. And you just keep moving. And that was either the coolest thing I've ever said or the dumbest thing I've ever said. No, but I, I said was, it was, was good. I was good. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'm the biggest stoner in the room. But I mean, no, definitely. Because you can't. That was, and that's where faith, that's where pure intentions, that's where, you know, I call it the chosen family. Yeah. Self-awareness, you know, all those. Right. And it's the, the self-awareness. And, and it's, it's definitely... With age, I always say, I, I, I'm just convinced on how certain things end. Yeah. Right? You know, if, if I drink, I die. If I stick my dick in another woman, I get divorced. Right. You know, like, I mean, there's just certain things that I know is, is fact that you don't need. Sure. And just, you know, moving, moving forward with that. So what, uh, are you cracking out? So let's talk a little bit about this weekend at Ridley's, uh, Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle in Royal Oak. You're doing... Four shows. Four shows. And so you're going to take the, how does that work? Explain to everybody, because if you're doing a live show performance, so the tape. Okay, it. so tonight I'm doing the podcast. Um, Which so I'm honored to be on. I'm honored to have you. I can't wait to hear Dude, I, I love your take on life. You know, like just like the perspective, because what I think what people, they'll well, he get. He just gave is, us a whole of a description. No, just <laughs> perspective and reality. Just like, like it's, it's just sort of like, it's okay. Slow down a little bit. It's not as bad as you think. That's yeah. what I get. Yeah. And and also too because then you then you always leave it with a funny thing. So we're doing the we're tonight. doing the show tonight. Yeah. So I'm, it's a live it's a live record. 
Um, you're my main guest, and I've got I'm gonna have Walters and Eric on for a little bit to bullshit. I'm gonna make fun of Eric for talk for fr- his friends' episode knowledge. Hey, have you seen? <laughs> speaking of that, before have you seen the uh, Liberty Mutual commercial with the kid petting the pony that's sort of like the dog, and he's like, he makes me relax. That's Eric's brother. Have you seen him? No. Have you seen that commercial <laughs> no, where it's the pony? And he's like. I don't. I don't know if we have Liberty Mutual on the West Coast. Oh wow! <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I gotta show you that, okay. that later, though. Okay. But yeah, we make. Well, that's all right. He can handle it. Okay, so I'm doing that as a live show, and then we're gonna take a little break, and then uh, Raj, uh, the other comedian who's with me all week, and I are gonna do some stand up, and I'm just gonna try a bunch of new shit that I don't know if he's gonna make on the record oh, tonight. I love it, dude. So I'm just gonna use that tonight for just to try new stuff to see if it goes in, um, and then tomorrow. Friday, Saturday, all four shows. It's just I'm, I'm recording all of them. I'm taking an approach of I want to do clean shows. I don't want to do clean shows, but the monetary difference between doing a clean comedy record and when, I can say fuck all the time on, on a podcast or in the club when I'm not recording. But if I have an opportunity to have thousands and thousands of thousands of more listeners and way more money because Absolutely. of like, then I'm just going to do it. I don't need to say shit. I found video. too is is here's the thing what, that I've found and, and obviously being different but you know p- when I do a clean show and people like to see me try not to swear when they it's know the funny. way that I swear it's almost as entertaining or when I do it's an opinion like you know what if I'm explaining about that hitting Lemieux was a cold cock not a sucker punch and a fucking label and you know right. that deserves a fuck because that's like a fuck moment right right yeah so it's uh it's yeah it's always fun and did you know going things. in that day that, that See, was, here's the whole thing with that is right? that a horrible question have you been asked that a million times? no it's not a horrible question because it needs to be answered anytime it's asked because it's such a pivotal part of history and this is there was the only thing that was ever said before that game was when I got drapes out of the hospital two days after, 10 months earlier in okay. May, right? Yeah. I, I asked him, a, I told him something, I asked him a question. I, I turned to him and I said, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. And then he had his jaw wired shut and his titanium plate. And I said, okay, where do you want to eat? No, I knew I knew it was on the Yama for gnocchi. It takes four <laughs> hours to eat, for fuck's sake, that right. fucker. But uh, no, nothing was said. So my whole thing when I tell this story, 10 months I'm thinking every night, like, I mean, you wonder why I'm a fucking alcoholic. It's just like fucking trying to think about how I'm going to get this guy back for not only my teammate, but my best friend and not saying sorry and shit. So you talk about faith and you talk about higher power. I got the revenge and scored the overtime goal. You know, like, I mean, don't say that he hasn't got plans for me. So that's the whole you know, when you look back and you realize that it had played out because yeah i probably would have done something stupid if cuz he was going to get it but no we never talked about it and i think that's the whole magic behind it it just sort of it, it was all natural and i always tell everybody if, if you can't write a better script and i you know i'm biased cuz i'm a star but right you know you can't write a better script of how it plays out and then the way history played out right yeah so. That's great. Yeah, it, it is. Great. I was pissed at you because I, I was in the bathroom because I like I was like, oh, nothing's gonna happen. They're, they're just facing off. I'll be right back, and then. No way. Yeah, well, I obviously got a chance to see it a million times, but I didn't see it as it happened because I was just. I, I, it continued, obviously. Right. But like this, the moment it started, I was literally I was like, oh, I'll be right back. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. <sighs> I came back and I was like, motherfucker, 
<laughs> but I, it, the best part of Mickey Rabbit, or not the best part, where's Mickey Rabbit got stuck in the elevator? Yeah, Mickey missed it too. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, he missed it too. Yeah, I remember whenever I hear Mickey Redman, I always hear, I think of the words chin music. Chin music, chin bingo, music bango. bango. You know what's funny? We were just at the Red Wing Alumni Golf Club, and a shout out to the, all the Stalls boys. Questions, Danny Stahl. Paul, we had a great time, Perry. You see pictures on the. Yeah, yeah, I saw on the way with the Stalls boys who um, hooked us up here. Stalls uh, custom printing, um, but uh, Mickey they, they had this uh, silent auction item and it had all Mickeyisms: bingo, bango, you know, no place for nervous person, and it was like one of those that you right. hang up. I cool, I think cooler bit on it. He cooler did. Bit a couple I saw, I saw on him. It, on I was it. gonna like snipe Dave Coulier, so he. Uh, um, oh. It was fun, but those are always. Uh, Great events. So, so were you at the game or were you at watching? I was it at watching home? it. Yeah, yeah. But when I tell the story, I was there. Yeah, of course. Right, right, yeah. yeah. When I tell the story, I was also like, I was also when I tell the story. Now, now you're a good buddy, Darren McCarty. Yeah, 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 of, yeah, course. yeah, yeah of course. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, can prove I was that. so I pissed a, at him. Yeah. I told him after. Yeah. You know, motherfucker, I was in the bathroom. I said, "Don't do that." So the I went off. straight down to the dressing room <laughs> and I told him. Um, no, I was also. And you when said I, sorry. Yeah, when I when I uh, when I tell the Iserman blue line story, I was on the side. I was, I was standing right. You can see me in the background. <laughs> it's blurry because most of the pictures of the not true at all. I was somewhere. Until else. people are looking hard, like, oh yeah, yeah, that might be him. I think that's him. But that was such a cool. Like, I'm I'm saving most of it for my thing because I don't want to double yeah. ask you the same questions. But like, like, so cool. Yeah. Hey. So. Um, like you said um, earlier, like you've played, where, where are some, give me, like you said, Madison Square Gardens. Or but favorite venues. Give me some favorite, of your favorite venue? venues that you've played, but also maybe who are your, some of your favorite, like I, I want to know who are the comics that you know that are that are good dudes. Obviously, Russell Peters, he's Canadian, so. I mean, um, most, most, most comedy people are good. There's like, I think gone is the day of like the a-hole, like, elitist comedian because it's like there's everything is too accessible like there's so many social media channels everybody gets to see what you're doing pretty much 24 hours a day constantly and um i think like i mean let's see who do, i mean i just i recently worked with larry the cable guy he's one of the best joke writers i've ever seen in my life i did not know that prior to working with him really? i just thought here's a guy who's got a character whatever but it was really cool with him like i've never wished i had a microphone more in my entire life to do the pod with him but like at that time because he was telling me how he told me this great story and um so i was like i said to him i go blue collar i'm like you guys were the beatles for a while i'm like you guys like it was it was so insane how did that happen What, what was going on he goes well it wasn't me originally i wasn't on the show and i go okay Tell me about that. And he goes, well, they had this other guy. I don't remember his name. You could say it. I wouldn't be able to tell you. I wouldn't be able to say that wasn't it. I just don't remember the guy's name. And he said, he was on. He wasn't going over well. At the time, I was doing stand-up, and I wasn't killing it. because I was playing clubs. I was doing fine. But every part of my stand-up set, for the last 15 minutes, I would do this character, Larry the Cable Guy. One time, there was some person from a radio station there. They said, we want you to call in as that character. We're going to syndicate it. We're going to have you on on all of these different places. So Dan Whitney is doing this character, Larry the Cable Guy, for radio stations in the morning, syndicating whatever. And that's how he's making his money. He's not killing. No one's going to see Dan Whitney. But if they do, they love Larry the Cable Guy. And they start talking about Larry, like get the get her done thing kind of like gets swelled on the radio. So it turns out he's friends with Foxworthy. Foxworthy needs them to replace this other guy because they're shooting this blue collar comedy tour movie. He's like, all right. He goes, we need you to be in North Carolina tomorrow. 
And he's like, all right, awesome. And he's all excited. He's like, oh my God, I get to finally get my break. Dan Whitney's going to go on. And they're like, no, no, Larry the Cable Guy is going to go on in the thing. And he's like, I'm sorry, what? It's like, Larry the Cable Guy is going to open. And he's like, all right. He goes, all I thought to myself was, well, this is North Carolina. And the character Larry the Cable Guy on this station in North Carolina is the most popular station of all of the stations that I do Larry the Cable Guy. He goes, I'm in. Let's do it. So he shows up to the thing, and he said that Ron White never would watch the comics before him. He, he would never watch the guy. He would just stay in his dressing room and then walk out. He came out 10 minutes into Larry's act. And Larry, um, <clears throat> the character Larry the Cable Guy, Dan, is a machine gun joke writer. It's like, it's like Henny Young. It's like Shecky Gold Green. It's like, like boom, boom, boom. They're all funny. It's like Eiserman ripping on you. It just says relentless diarrhea of the mouth with samurai swords cutting you to pieces. Fair enough. Yeah, I would have never thought of that. But I know you wouldn't have. That's just <laughs> one of the little nuggets about, yeah. about our fearless leader yes. that you didn't know. And I was his prime prime suspect. So you want to know where, where like the old saying of what anybody thinks you is none of your business comes right. from? Yeah. Exactly, because I have no fucking feelings left. <laughs> um, so Ron comes out. So Ron comes out and watches, watches Larry, and he's like, ugh, shit. Now I got to try. Because, like, Larry did, like, 30 jokes in the first two or three minutes. And Ron was like, I'm going to have to work hard to follow this. So then, obviously, Larry got on. Larry blew up. He was the biggest part of that whole special. That character took off. They were gigantic. And he was like, and I was talking to him, like, how big was it? He was like, it was so big. He's like, now I do 30 dates a year if I want to. And he's just, like, he's so set. And he's so whatever. And he's a really great dude. And, like, and we were... We would talk, and I would like I would watch a set, and he would give me, give me suggestions for my stuff, and I oh, would cool. and I made suggestions for his, and he would try. My favorite, like probably one of my most favorite moments in comedy, as long as I've, like all comics, it's like when you say there's a difference between being hired by someone to write jokes for them, which happens constantly in the world of comedy, okay. constantly. For the most part, you don't ever talk about who it is you're writing for, right? Because that means that you don't have a good relationship with them anymore, because they don't want you to let them right, right right it's like they're not fun it's like see i i look at it differently like the more the merrier because yeah. it's all about to me when you realize and do it over whatever is that you can have all the info but it's how that you deliver it's your yeah. timing there's so much more to tell in a sure. joke and the story but but to get the intricacies because what i love is uh like a uh, guy named ron sweet sweet ron sweet who's comedian that's come around he's helped me with a couple of my jokes it's, and like you said it's like hey what about this here what about this here yeah you know another one's he always helped me with is you know i have a band called grinder and obviously there's a fucking gay app called grinder so we're trying to find the right uh joke in there but that's the whole thing is like because different perspective because everybody's funny and sees things a little bit differently so that was that's pretty cool so so late, you, you know the really funny. You know what the funny joke would be? Um, the second you said that, I couldn't stop thinking. Um, I have a band. I'm in a band called Grinder, and there's a there's a gay app called Grinder. So I don't know if you've been on Grinder the app, but <laughs> whatever time you swipe right, my band plays. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> hey, and that's all. Hey, who cares? It's all about. It's all about listens. Sure. Uh, yeah. All these days, it's all about views and yeah. plays and whatever. How are you ever getting this is 2019? A record sales are record sale. Hey, just because um, my drummer likes to get pegs, not one of my, my problem, business. right? Yeah. Um, so the one of my favorite things is so like comics will always help each other out. 
um, with different tags and whatever. And it's not like, oh, I gave you that. I mean, when you first start out, it's like that because it's ego and whatever. But now it's just like, oh, happy to help you. You help me, whatever. But I gave him this tag to this one joke and he couldn't remember it. And so he, you could, I could see him like in his brain trying to remember it. And he literally he stops the show and he goes, Chris, come up here for a second. So he calls me up on stage, makes everyone clap for me again. He goes, tell me that joke again. So I whispered it to him. He tells the joke. It kills. And then he credits me again with it right after. I was like, what a great dude. Like, he didn't have to do any of that. No, dude. But, but, and how, but how realistic to know, like, how real it is, too, because to call you out to work. Oh, and then he delivers it. It's like, yeah, thanks, bro. Yeah, and it's just great. And that was that. And it wasn't like, oh, you owe me this or I want this. It was like, oh, my God, thank you. Can I get a picture? I was happy. That's awesome. Now, do you follow, uh, so in your, in your, what is, what is Jay Chris Newberg doing in his spare time? Other, you know, other than the fun stuff we see on with you and Michelle doing on Instagram, but uh, sports, do you still follow? I like sports. Um, I'm a diehard Lions fan. I love the Lions. Um, I'm a fair weather uh, Red Wings fan. Yeah, true. Like back in the day, I was I was an actual fan. I can't ice skate. So that means like three years, you'll be another fan. When yeah, you're when right I, there, I love it. Well, I, I mean, like when you get to a point where you know everybody's name, watching. Yeah. I mean, like watching, like that's the familiarity is key, which is why I think it's so smart of HBO to do those uh, training camp with. Because you take the helmet off, take the mask off, you get to know all these people, and then they like the popularity gains, and you care more about these people. Absolutely. During the... Like the whole like the classic area like like '90s early 2000 era of the Red Wing success, you had Mitch Album writing about it in the free press all of the time. You had Drew and Mike talking about it. You had all of these other morning shows. You had Mickey Redman on, and everyone was talking about drapes, talking about you and Iserman and all these in the Russian five. How many, how many Red Wing flags and on Every, cars? You remember everywhere. that? Oh, just, yeah. Everywhere. And it, it was, was crazy. But it was, it was so special. It was. It wasn't like, like it wasn't one of those things. It was like, oh, it's tried whatever. And I'm sure you know Buffalo's Bills Nation and all these other places have their thing, whatever. Like seeing the Russian Five movie and then living it outside of not having any idea that any of that stuff was going on. My whole thing was like, from a, from a fan perspective, I saw Sergei Fedorov because a friend of mine was his attorney in Birmingham. So I saw every, like, once or twice a week, Sergey would drive his Porsche up, or Porsche up, he'd park in this do-not parking space, he would never get a ticket, <laughs> ever, because people would know whose car it was, and I was just like, mother, I parked there one, two minutes, and I got a ticket, <laughs> and, like, and I would see him there, and I knew that, like, and uh, I knew that women just hurled themselves at this guy, that's what I knew about him, I didn't know he was swiped, I didn't know that he was paid, I didn't know that he was, like, I didn't know any of that stuff, so learning that stuff after the fact made it even cooler, and like, but seeing it all happen, like there's something really cool like, it, to me personally. And, and as a non like crazy over the top Red Wings fan, but I, like as someone who was when it was happening and I'm so glad it took you guys a couple of different times to do it because it was really cool to be like almost, almost an inch by inch. Probably, oh, it was? Okay, great. Yeah, but you know, I, 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 maybe not. From not, a fan, wait, wait. fan's point wait, of view. I will accept that as we're sitting here in 2019 because yeah. I have, I have four of those. Yeah, four of those. See, wait, wait. If thank God we're not having this conversation, it's hindsight because yeah, that's and we wouldn't have won the four, but yeah, it was painful to. But that goes back to to starting out, yeah. It goes and back right to, to you default, gotta, you're gonna up. knock down and get him yeah, backed up. That was a million plane crashes. I tell you, <laughs> and we didn't die. No, you're right, hundred yeah. percent. But like you would like it would like you would talk about it. I remember there was one year 
I remember when you one year when you guys didn't win. I can't tell you one years, but one year you were in the finals and. I would imagine it was like you were in the finals a couple times in addition to that where you didn't win, yes? No, just, uh, well, 95 and 09. Okay, so then maybe it was 95. I think it must have been 95. Okay, it was, it was. And I remember seeing Marion and Mike Illich check into the hotel we were in in Charlevoix, and I remember our drummer walking up to Illich and going, you came close, and Illich just goes, I'm not in the business of close. And I was like, holy shit, this is great. This is going to get good. <laughs> and it did a couple years later. Yeah. I'm not in the business of close. Is something a multi-millionaire pizza, baseball, hockey franchise dude will say, that's right? A, that's something that's the guy that, that a... started out making pizzas and got to owning two franchises was say because it goes back to the beginning of our conversation. It's a hard work. Putting yeah. your nose down and... And doing what you did. What's the, uh, give me, give me, uh, is there a ob- obscure one of the most fun things you've done? Because you've done like confetti, which was like, you've, you're not afraid to, I love it because you're not afraid to dress up. You're not afraid to. No. Well, they write it, you know, like we write it, like we'd, like, we'd be sitting in a writer's room, there's six of us, and someone would turn around and be like, hey, we'll man. do it. Yeah. He's like, will you dress up like a ballerina? And I'm like, does it get me out of here an hour early? And they're like, yeah. And I go, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, so there is there is the uh, win win on the end of that. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, like I think at the time I was heavier, and you know, it's like it's always funny to see the fat guy dance. It's like it's never not, and you know. But like, I was at that point where, at like when I was bigger, I wasn't like John Panette f- fat. Like I wasn't like Ralphie May big. No. I was like, get to just go for a walk, dude. Like that's the level of big I was at. So it, it wasn't like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. I can't stop watching. It was, oh, I don't want to see this. <laughs> like, because you're at the level of fat where you're not even committing to being fatter. You know what I mean? You're like, you're just lazy fat. Yeah. You're like, you could go either way. But so, like, I didn't care. So, I mean, like, I mean, everything I've worked on has been an incredible learning experience. And, like, you, like, I remember listening to shows. I mean, it's cool now to be on radio shows and to talk and to be able to like hang with cool people, it, like, but back when I was just listening to them, you would hear people say the answers that I'm giving and that you're giving that you're giving, and you wouldn't necessarily like believe them. Right. You'd want to be like, "What do you mean it's all good and you're just happy to whatever?" And it's like, "Fuck you, dude! Tell me what an <laughs> asshole Kevin was." Yeah, right. <laughs> but then you just get old and you realize, well, maybe I don't really gain anything by talking about what an asshole Kevin is, and like, maybe I just want to be fortunate enough to keep being able to do this. And it's a great thing, and it's like it's fun, and it's it's consistent. So I've always enjoyed it. It's like if you would have told me in two thousand any year or ninety seven, like you're gonna sit like in two thousand nineteen in August at a big table, and Mike Walters, who's no longer with WRIF, his basement, and he's gonna have a cool table, and you're gonna be sitting with Darren McCarty, and you're gonna be talking not about hockey, right, some about right, hockey, right, right. you're gonna be talking about stand up, something that you yeah. don't do and that he doesn't do already. Yeah. I'd have been like, you're out of your fucking mind. But yeah. I would have been like, I'm going to mark that date on my calendar. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, and yeah. I, dude, that's why I love that. And uh, Jay Chris Newberg heroin has a new publicist uh, podcast. I'm going to, uh, he's going to say goodbye. Yay. He's got to uh, go wash his ass. Yes. Um, and uh, take care of some things before uh, seven o'clock show. Yeah. Seven o'clock. You'll be probably on around seven fifteen. Okay. I will. What time are you going to be there? I'm probably going to be there like six thirty. Okay. I'll see you about quarter two. 
Cool. Thank right, you so buddy. much for having me. No, Perry. thank, thank you. you. Check right, out, uh, oh, check, course, check you. him out online. Check him out anywhere. All weekend. Too, All weekend. All weekend. Yeah, weekend yeah, yeah. Um, thanks a lot, bud, and uh, yeah. appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, we'll Perry. see you tonight. I look forward to all the funny shit you're going to ask me. And you know what? The one thing is, and, and I'll get that because I got this too, because he's going to, and don't, because I'm going to tell you, don't go back to that hotel and lay down on your my pillow because you will be out. I will be out. Because here at Grind Time, we're yeah. proud to announce fine folks of my pillow are on board. Nice. For our team, right now you can get two my pillows for the very low price of $69.99. That is two for that price. That is less than, I don't know, 35 bucks a pillow. But only if you use the promo code DMAC, D-M-A-C, or go to mypillow.com and pick up a new set of Giza sheets. I put these, Perry, on my bed. These are so mother effing comfortable. How good are you it, sleeping? Oh, it's unbelievable. Well, I always sleep good, but that's that's <laughs> yeah, that's herbal acting. I already did that read. Or, or you know what? Because my thing, Chris, and you got to get a my pillow dog bed. Because my dog, my bulldog died, okay. and I stole his my pillow. It's the the bulldog, the dog beds are way better than the pillows. It's like twice as big. Okay. Not for a plane though. Yeah. All right. Uh, my dogs love theirs. At least they did. Um, now I love them. Just make sure you use your promo code DMAC when you're checking out. That was fun, Perry. Well, that was great. That was it. Was fun. What I mean, we knew that. And no, I, I and I look forward to tonight, and that'll that'll be great and stuff. So, um, a little earlier today, this morning, uh, you and I were, uh, you and I and Michael Bayoff uh, from the Red Wings uh, were down at uh, training camp and uh, for the Lions and Allen Park was uh, that was a lot of fun. I was on uh, talked to Lomas Brown and T.J. Lang was on WJR this morning, going to have those guys. So I think I'm going to play in a football show, going to have some of those guys in. We'll talk Absolutely. football, you know, before the season starts and that. But I was able to run into uh, Matt Patricia, um, coach actually, who's driving around in his buggy and he's like attempting to stand up. And I'm like, you bro, just whoa, whoa, whoa. So it was great to have a talk with him. But you know I, what I noticed about that too, Matt? So – so the, when the practice ended, there was a combined scrimmage against uh, the New England Patriots. And so all the players walked off, and, and Matt Patricia was still on his ATV out in the middle of the field with uh, Bill Belichick, coach of the Patriots, and they were which, talking. Which, by the way, does Belichick not exude, like, these radiant, like, sun rays around him? Like, oh, he absolutely, walks, he does. It's you, unbelievable. Right. Like, and, and here's the thing. It makes sense to me to see him in action because he's all he's dressed down – but he's right in the middle of it. Like you wouldn't, if you didn't know who he was, you know, he's like just another coach and stuff like that. I, you know, don't, that explains it. Cause he's right in there and he's right in there. And one, one thing that I, that it was interesting talking to Tom Layden, who used to uh, work here for channel seven. He's now the sports director for Boston. So covering them, but in saying how Belichick will break it down, it's, he says they're, they're easier to work with the media wise, but, then you would think, but it's a respectful thing. But the thing with Belichick is that he knows players are better in different schemes and say maybe, well, this guy can cover this guy against this team, but the next week this guy's sitting out or he sits out one game and then puts him back in. So he knows his personnel really, really oh, well. And that's and you what can his, see that. his six rings, yeah. you know. But um, so, so, so the point I was, so they're talking, and, and then uh, Jen, who was great, you know, guiding oh, you all. You, yep, she did a great job. So uh, Matt Patricia starts coming off. He's riding his ATV, and there's a whole group of uh, reporters, probably about 15 of them, over in the corner waiting for him. 
And she's like, oh, okay, well, you know, let him go go do that, and then, then you know, you can talk to him. And all of a sudden, he's right, he looks, he sees you, you wave, you start walking over, he stops. And to me, that just showed the relationship that you've already established with him, how he stopped and waited for you when it was supposed to be the other way around. He goes and does, the, you know, with right, the reporters. Right. Oh, it's and cool. Just, it's, and, and I think one of the things that... You know, just to talking to him, but it's it's a cult. You know, the culture thing, and to to understand that you know we're all in this together. And I think that if we can build the relationship between all the sports teams and 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 just so the guys, you know, the best part I, I remember not only being part of the Red Wings, but was cheering on the Pistons and the Tigers and getting to know. You know, Bobby Higginson was you know one of my best buddies. We had so much fun back <laughs> in the day, um, but. Uh, you know, just different things like that and getting to know, you know, even even the, the basketball guys and, you know, the football guys and stuff like that. And I think that there's something to what being part of Detroit is about. And I think that they felt that they, they feel that in Boston because they push each other, you know, the sports championship cities and, and, you know, with the Patriots and the Celtics. And well, how can you not want to be? Sox. Yeah. So it's just something. And I think as fans, too. Because we're all fans, it's it's just try to get it right and the culture right, and we're all in this together. Good, bad, or indifferent. It's just like Chris says, man. Lions have been going through a whole bunch <laughs> of plane crashes, but they're not dead. Yeah. So here we go again, and um, I, I'm excited. It was uh, what a great facility, you know. Oh wow! I mean, what first a, time first there, class, that was... and and to see. You know, to see Eddie Murray and Lem Barney and Scott Kolkowski. And Mike Lucci, Greg Mike, Landry. Mike Lucci, Greg oh, yeah, yeah, Landry, Eric Kippel. Um, yep. And, and uh, uh, Mrs. Ford was out there. Oh, in yeah, the, uh, riding around in her little uh, in Mustang, yeah, exactly. Mustang go-kart. Mustang Ford golf cart, so yeah. that was really cool. Um, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll definitely dive into different stuff like that. Um, you know, Coach, else, Coach uh, was great with you. I I, I Standing there and listening to you guys talk, I was very impressed and and listening to you talking about the culture that's being you know established. And then when you were interviewed by uh, the young lady from the Lions, uh, you know I noticed you uh, um, you mentioned uh, oh excuse me, I just lost the train of thought there. <laughs> um, oh, so I'm gonna ch I'm gonna look at the great review I got on Cameo. Right, which by the way, that cameo, oh, no, you know, okay. the cameo app and stuff like that. Somebody decided one for twenty fifth anniversary, and, and their wife liked it a lot. So, cameo. If anybody out there, um, I post them a uh, bunch of times. But if you want special shout outs, there's all different. Uh, I'm on there, all different athletes, entertainers, and stuff. Uh, and you can get a personalized shout out to whoever you want. Uh, people use them great for birthday presents or anniversaries or weddings or something like that. It's just something that uh, I think is is really cool and really grown. So I've noticed that. Yeah. You, did you uh, Did you uh, remember what you were talking about? No, I was just <laughs> laughing. Tommy Morris made a comment here, um, and that threw me all off. Um, oh. So yeah, no, you just you you, you did. Well, you were talking about the interaction but it's yeah it's it, and it's and something it, that what you said was is that how the lions they were going against the new england patriots you're going against the best so like you were saying if you play with a pro golfer or a top golfer you're only going to get better by facing that competition so hopefully this is a good start for them to you know see what see what's out well, there I where mean, they're it's standing this year. but it's you know it's fine and fine in the way and, and learning a bunch of different things but uh you know, yeah, it's that's what training camp's all about, and things like that. I'm just gonna look at my calendar here to see what I got coming up this week. Oh, actually, 
Oh yeah, right. um, we have some posts. I'll be at the I'll be at the zoo tomorrow night from six to nine with the wings, with the Red Wing uh, season ticket holder stuff. Um, gonna go to uh, MIS talk to our buddy Brad Kozlowski in the number two uh, on Friday. I know I got a bunch of stuff to do. Sunday's the race. Are you gonna go to the race? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were, Tim, yeah, Tim we were invited to the golf. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm thinking I might go. Um, and then well, Saturday night, we've we've got uh, we've got people that oh, yeah. are oh, interested. Geez. Oh yeah, I forgot. I was like, what am I doing Saturday? <laughs> Sorry, people. Well, I know there's long, something. Guys, okay. You know, we we're getting a little. It's been a long morning already, and there's yeah, it, we're. Now, you're, I'm fine. You're you're not. <laughs> I'm old. So is anybody on there? Uh, I put it as anybody said. I got so. If anybody, uh, we're going to skate, actually, how this came about, Ryan Alice, who's uh, on our, uh, was on our show, um, he's finished, he raised part of the uh, 95 De Benedetto team, uh, they're in town for the race this weekend, and, uh, and they bring their hockey gear with them, so we're going to take a bunch of the pit guys out, and, you know, J.R. Adams coming out, and... But Mount, uh, say Mount Mount come for a little bit. Mally, but, uh, we're gonna have a little skate. And I thought, you know, each I was talking to Perry, and I said, well, you know, it'd be nice to do like a like tonight's sort of like a radio for one studio event because family event, family event because uh, you know uh, Jay Chris is in town and stuff like that. But I want to start doing something for the grind time and thinking of events. And I said, well, why don't I uh, invite a couple people out to skate with us now? In saying that, you have to you have to play hockey. You have to own your own equipment, and you have to have played within the last three years or so, or something like that. So, I said to Perry, I said, "How are you going to decide?" And then I and then he said, "Well, you ten ten words or less. Why it should be you?" So I guess right now for the next uh, few minutes, have people put in any requests? Period. Oh yeah, they yeah. have. Oh so yeah, you read a couple to me. Yeah. Any good ones? Uh, we get some, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Craig Mounds, why should you oh, pick see, me? Because the, why, why, why would yeah, you do that? I know. That was wrong. No, no. Why would you? you like Here, Eric, the whole, here's the whole point when you're having this conversation <laughs> beforehand. And it's not because I didn't have this conversation. Right. But it's like, okay, Perry, why don't we put out that you make comments of why you do? And you're like, oh, great. Because I won't read the person's name. I'll read the comment, and then you can decide which one, and then I'll decide. So what does he do, he? <laughs> he goes, oh, Craig. Uh, Craig Meller. Craig, you're automatically in. Craig's in. Well, he said okay. he just said he'll bring the beer. That's what his. Well, I don't care. Was. I don't yeah. drink yeah, beer. But if I, just because you yeah. fuck, fucked him up, he's in. Anyways, so <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to post. Uh, Perry will post a couple uh, winners, and they can get a hold of. Uh, Perry at uh, Perry at DarrenMcCarty.com. Uh, we'll pick out. Uh, it'll be done by tomorrow, so you can uh, be in contact. But if you want to, uh, if you want to skate, uh, it's just a little shinny, uh, nothing too serious. But uh, we're gonna. It's do on that our grind on, time page. What's that? It's, it's on, on our grind. grind time yeah, it page? says, "Yep, it says grind time with Darren McCarty." If you want to skate with us on Saturday, text us why we should pick you. And I will. Let's see the. Um, the winner will be revealed tomorrow afternoon at some point.
Yeah, so, yeah. Five thirty, five thirty Saturday night. Five thirty Saturday night in Plymouth. You got USA be Arena. Skate. Yep. Um, um. Other than that, uh, what about uh? Oh, next fun, week. Well, fun outing last week. Monday. What? Fun outing last Monday. Or last Sunday, we played in that outing. I played in two. I played Sunday. We played in the Uptown Grill outing. Uh, shout out to John uh, Ryan, Uptown Grill. Fire Firecracker Shrimp's phenomenal. Oh, yes. It's unbelievable. <laughs> That's over um, Maple and Haggerty. Yep, 15 um, Haggerty. But what a great time. And, and, and first time I've ever played an event, and we had so. Usually when there's two groups on each tee, it's a slow day. But what they did is there's two foursomes on each tee, and we all played together. So it was foursome versus foursome, and you played, Perry. The flow of the, the, flow of the game was fun. It was. It I was, felt like yeah. I was watching golf and playing golf and, and, you know, having time to fuck around and do, you know, like just pay attention to nature or just chirp, and you, you got to get to know a lot of guys. Yeah. How about uh, – what a small world! One of the guys you grew up with, uh, yeah. Big Mac. There, he Mark uh, McDonald. Yeah, yeah, a couple Macs together. That was fun. But uh, yeah, Rob and you know, the, it was what a great day. It was a yeah. fun day, and look forward to it. I played Indian Wood at the old course with uh, the Wings um, and uh, Dan from Motor City and JP from Motor City and Liz from the Wings. We played uh, there on Monday. What a great outing that was. And then uh, when, when are we going to get out to our course? Cattails. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Cattails. Yes. We are going to get out there. But um, great segue, Perry. Cattails Golf Course, if you haven't heard of it, is in South Lyon. Yes. Former home of the LPGA Futures Michigan Open. Uh, this has uh, two different nine holes. Wetlands on the front. Uh, Tree-lined on the back, which uh, Perry... Is over under is about five trees throughout the round, so uh, you can always find Perry Vellucci golf balls lying around there for your leisure pleasure. Usually, if you jump into the pond, anyways, come and play the golf course that the Grind Time family calls their own. Cattails Golf Course on Nine Mile in in South Lyon. Uh, tell them that the Grind Time family sent you twenty five dollars during the week. For a 18-hole round of golf and a cart. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. And it's fun <laughs> to play. Just, Thanks yeah. to everybody out there. And uh, look forward to playing. Yeah, we'll have to get out there soon. We'll have to get out there soon. Um, so, the, let's see. The Wings. Tigers. It's about to really start cranking up here in the next month. With football starting. The hockey's getting ready to get going. And. Oh, I actually want to give you updates. So our boy Grayson Sig uh, on the McKenzie Tour is sitting at eighth of the Canadian Order of Merit Top Ten Go to the Corn Ferry Tour. So uh, he's got a little cushion, but he's playing well. I've been talking to him. Obviously, Connor Daly, um, IndyCar driver, uh, having some rough rough luck, but he's been uh, been doing some of those races. And if you haven't followed like the Indy series, they do all the different car series on the same track at the same time. And, you know, you got Mercedes, like different class of races, right. and it's something sort of unique. I don't really get it. I'm still getting NASCAR. Um, look for me out there this weekend. Uh, again, I uh, look forward to talking with Brad on uh, Brad Kozlowski on Friday. I got a huge announcements next week, Perry. I know. Huge, I can't wait. I can't huge wait. Huge announcements next week, Perry. Yes. But did you know if you've ever lost your dream home to a bidding war? 
You know how heartbreaking a fiercely competitive seller's market can be. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or simply thinking about making a move, give yourself the distinct advantage in this competitive market and put a winning team behind you. The Jeffrey Group of Ramerica Integrity and Rhonda Monet of Gold Star Mortgage. Join forces to make sure you land your dream home. Call Jeffrey Cavanaugh, 734-30... Get the glasses. <laughs> 306-9027 and give yourself an edge in the marketplace. Gold Star Mortgage is an equal opportunity lender. NMLS number 3446. Yeah. We need bigger fonts. I do. McCool's yes, working yeah. on that. That's good. It's but all, no, that's good, right. but that's what we need to, yep. Um, so I think that. Uh, hey, Mac, I got I to gotta tell you, just about today. So, you know, we I, I look back to a year ago, a couple of years ago, you know, three, four years ago where we were in our lives. And look at the day we're having today. I mean, we sit there with the Lions. It was a great, great morning, right? That was great. Yeah. And then we come here. Now we're doing this with, with J. Chris Newberg. What a great, great guy. You know, talk about, you know, being down, getting up. And, and then tonight you're going and you're going to be doing his show. I'm going out to Brian Adams and Billy Idol. I mean, you talk about a, a day, a fulfilled day. It, it's just. Uh, it's a good day. Yeah. It's, just, it, it's good. And I think that, the, you know, the, the one thing is, is it, it makes a lot of sense to me why. J. Chris Newberg is successful. And, and and you know what? He's successful because he gets it. And he gets it that no there's no place but hard work, but he's not afraid to fall down. Right? Yeah. He's not afraid and to fall has. down and he get, gets back up. But yep. that's the whole thing. There's never a question in that man's mind that he's not going to get back up. He's gonna find a way around that mountain and, he, and it's fall down the hill, look for a new way up. But he's always getting back up, guys. And and to me, that's an inspiration, not only, you know, his talent, how funny he is. And, you know, I didn't even have him play guitar on here and sing his goofy no. songs that are so friggin' funny. Um, save that for tonight. But, you know, it just, that's, to have, to be able to, you know, to have that conversation and the mutual respect, but also to the, you know, the just a fan of the person. Absolutely. And what he's done. So, you know, when, and that's the one thing is like the realness of him, you know. Heron has a new publicist, you know, and and his episodes are quick and uh, like not like thirty minutes, but they're right on top and and make you think. That's the whole thing, make you think. That's you know, and it's funny when he said, you know, if he looks from how he was when his first one to where he is now, which I've followed him all along and seen, and I, I'm thinking back to us, the same thing. Look where we were a year ago. Well, yeah, and I then mean, how we've all come putting along. it together, but it's but again. Um, you know, the destination's an oasis, guys. It's all about the journey. So, you know, some days it rains and some days it snows and some days it's sunny and, you know, you just got to persevere. Yeah. All right. So thanks to everyone out there. Thanks to J. Chris Newberg. Thank you, Isis, for filling in for Bam Bam. Perry, thank you as always. And, man, I can't have said it even better because my guest today, J. Chris Newberg, epitomizes what I always say. No matter how many times you fall down, you got to get your ass back up. That's grind time. We're out.